0: All right, so even though it's June, you know we are still talking about mental health because mental health, I'm kind of obsessed with, I'm so glad we started this, the Mental Health Awareness Month, that we really just leaned into it because I still have so many more episodes to share with y'all. And this one is at the top of that list. It's with my friend Sydney Eberly. Now, Sydney and I met at a bar, chain-smoking cigarettes, talking about how we didn't want to be doing the things that we were doing, at the same time laughing our butts off a couple years ago. And now, uh, neither of us smoke, neither of us really drink anymore. I mean, Our lifestyles have changed dramatically, and Sydney has recently lost 100 pounds. And she asked me if she could come on this podcast to tell her story and the importance of mental health, and especially how it has affected her weight loss journey and vice versa. Kind of the chicken and the egg thing, you know? So please sit back and enjoy and uh, listen to our conversation. I love it, and I hope you can hear the bliss and the grin that's on her face throughout this entire conversation. She was shining ear to ear in my home. I'm staring at her beautiful face all night long and, God, we just had such a blast. So enjoy. And as usual, if you like the podcast, like, subscribe, tell your friends about it, tell them all the good stuff, the bad stuff, whatever. Write reviews, do all that stuff, and um,
1: enjoy. This is Sydney Eberly. No regrets, but also lots of regrets.
0: Yeah, (laughs) College was just, you know. Same. Regrets. Well, let's move on from that because, Sydney, um, you were here today because first let me backtrack Mm -hmm. so the first time i met said we were super drunk chain smoking cigarettes at a bar on like a sunday
1: it was um oscar sunday a school night yeah you know and then but but then
0: then then i met you and like and like we saw each other a bunch after that and like Mm -hmm. you know Um, karaoke yeah Mm -hmm. but it was drinking and smoking cigarettes what's crazy is The two of us don't really do very much of either of those things anymore. This is correct. I would say we've both quit smoking, and drinking is few and far between. And also, Sid, you've lost 100-plus pounds. I sure have. Since then, which is pretty cool, and that's why you're here today.
1: Yes. I mean, the journey towards health looks different for everyone. Yeah. Um, Mine has been up. Over the roller coaster, down the roller coaster, mm-hmm. through the loops. I mean, I grew up next to Kings Island, so I'm using a very <laughs> Kings Island reference. Vort- a vortex. A vortex of emotions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was. I always like how we met versus where we are now. Same that's people, cool. same personality, yeah. different lifestyles, but that's, I mean. That's the beauty of... It's a super cool it's thing. It's a super cool thing I know, of I'd, non-judgment. Like, because clearly we can't judge people for no, living that lifestyle because we there. certainly have been there. Oh, my
0: God. Like, mm-hmm. my whole life. Like, my oh. entire life. So, you know, what's great about it is, um, do you find yourself happier now?
1: Oh, 100% confident yeah. in saying yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, what's great is... So, Sid um, contacted me and said, I want to come on your podcast. I want to tell the story, which is... And I was like, hell yes, let's get you, let's do
1: this. So, Thank you for saying that because sometimes I feel like, and you know, I'm going to say this from a feminist perspective, is that women sometimes when we assert ourselves in confidence Mm -hmm. get taken for being needy or being like too bossy or you know I slid into your dms on instagram hardcore It's <laughs> yes. like i'm gonna be on your podcast and you're like okay i just didn't have your number anymore i think yeah i no. lost it in an ios update or something because we definitely exchanged numbers at one point
0: yeah no but it was definitely welcomed with open arms yeah, and um, i felt that <laughs> and you know to the people who aren't responding well to a strong woman doing stuff your loss okay your Amen. loss we, we come in open open arms. How can we help? What, what can we do? All right. So I want to hear. So we are still doing um, Celebrating Mental Health Month, mm-hmm. which obviously it's a big deal to both of us. And both of our yes. mental healths have been um, highly impact through our change of lifestyle. But you mentioned something just a couple minutes ago about mm-hmm. how when you were a kid, mm-hmm. you were pre-diabetic. Yes. So has your journey to health, where you are now claiming it back, Has it kind of was it a lifelong um, journey? Yeah, journey of like like what was your lifestyle like as a kid Mm -hmm. and forever? Tell us about that.
1: Well, the interesting thing that I've baffled a lot of doctors (laughs) and dietitians and nutritionists over the course of my journey towards you know quote unquote health, um, because when I was young, I wasn't eating anything different than. Kids our age were eating at the time in the 90s, like Dunkaroos were like, you're just your snack. Like, that was just, you know, it's what we chose. Or if we decided to have something on the healthier side, you know, that was just what was available. What was available to eat was what you ate.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I think having two older sisters who have certainly had their own struggles in life, so I'm not going to say that they haven't struggled, but. They didn't appear to struggle with weight in the way that I did. And we learned early on that it could have been genetic, um, passed down from any combination of genes. Mm -hmm. And so my pediatrician at the time was very concerned about how I was exercising just as much as the rest of the kids my age when I was seven. But I was like gaining weight. Even though I wasn't eating anything much different than everyone else in my, like, I guess when you're seven, you're like in second grade. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) But like second grade, let's say second to third grade, I was recommended from a pediatrician to do a sort of fitness monitored nutrition thing at children's hospital um, it was called Fitworks. I don't think that they still do it, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It could be just a different name now, but it was something that I took to be very like competitive because I want, I was hearing these things and internally processing like you're pre-diabetic and that's scary. We want you to be yeah. healthy. And you know, it's definitely, it was like internalized in a way that only a seven year old could hear that, which was like, You're not good enough, you're not worthy. And no one ever told me that, but I was just like Yeah. I felt that way. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately my competitive side, which then I was swimming too at the time and playing soccer and tennis, like just doing Mm -hmm. kid things in the summertime, especially and I was becoming very specialized in swimming, especially freestyle. And we'll probably get to that more later, but I was baffling, like the the attending physicians of this and dietitians of this program at Children's Hospital, because they're like, "You're pretty diabetic, but you can run a mile in under ten minutes and not breathe very heavy."
0: Were you like a were you a, were you a big kid?
1: I was a big kid, but I yeah. was also just tall. I think developing like quicker than kids in my grade um, at the time, and I was one of those kids that would never hurt a fly, like. Yeah, I was a goalie on the soccer team, but I was talking to my friend Haley the other day because she was like, I was on a say soccer team too, where I would give the goalie like a flower crown in exchange for a goal. <laughs> and I was like, I was probably the goalie. Cause I'd be like, Hey, like that sounds nice. Go ahead. Here's the goal. Kick the ball in. Um, so it was just, it was, you know, I was a cute kid, but I was definitely hearing things and not, wouldn't say I was bullied, but I would say that I was internalizing a lot of this pressure to, like, succeed in this program and having to have, like, separate snacks at school or separate candy. So what was
0: the whole deal of this program like? Mm-hmm. Was it to lose weight? Was it to get healthier? Was it to lower LDLs? Or what was the main goal? It was definitely,
1: like, the main goal was... Uh, blood work would be taken and Mm -hmm. no, not a lot. I mean, obviously you don't have as much of, I don't know, maybe you do have the same amount of blood as a seven year old, as a 28 year old. I don't know. Science tell me differently, but it just, they didn't take it very often, but it was like lipid profiles, um, Mm. you know, things that would indicate like future problems like diabetes or, um, cholesterol, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, you know, just getting the cuff a lot mm-hmm. at the doctor's office. And so
0: your, your, your readings are always solid?
1: See, this is where the mental health, like, awareness month kind of kicks in. I would always have really intense anxiety having my blood pressure taken as a kid because they would sometimes have to use, like, the next bigger cuff to get over my arm. Mm-hmm. But then it would hurt when, you know, they got it to the point where, like, then they were releasing it to check the blood pressure. So I developed something that they called at the time. So this was back in like probably 2001, 2002, they called it white coat syndrome that time they took my blood pressure, it would skyrocket. Cause I was just nervous, nervous and my, yeah. my heart would beat faster. And then they'd be like, Sid, we know you don't have a high blood pressure, but every time we take it, it's high. So just breathe. Like, breathe through
0: this did it make you feel fat did it make you feel less than because you had to get a bigger size or I think it was
1: more so just like you know like you know those shows fail? like the biggest loser like where you yeah. it's, like weigh in and you mm-hmm. do like fitness challenges and they hook you up to like respirators and stuff like oh that's what that program ended up looking like
2: yeah
1: um but you know I had to learn at an early age that it's okay to be monitored by doctors if that's what needed to be happening because ultimately i lived my entire life up until recently with this fear that i would become diabetic because my now deceased grandpa since february of this year you know he had type 2 and You know, I looked up to people in high school like the Jonas Brothers. Like, Nick Jonas has type 1 diabetes. (laughs) And I know these things because I pay attention. And, you know, it's just... um, I'm always wondering how to help people in the situation where I was narrowly avoiding these situations by, like, maybe six months to a year of, like, having a completely different lifestyle. So, yeah. How so? Just almost letting my anxiety as a kid of like feeling different in that regard almost fuel my competition as a swimmer i mean Mm. i became like that was my identity like as a kid growing up i was like sid's the swimmer because she's pretty good at it and i i let that like chip on my shoulder a little bit be the motivating factor of like getting really good at one thing and focusing all my time and energy on that one thing minus school um and just proving people wrong i mean that's i think if you ask around i think most people would say a chip on your shoulder is just like motivation to be the best yeah um to prove people wrong
0: nice Mm -hmm. so who did you think you were going to prove wrong
1: Myself, Yeah. Or these doctors, you know, obviously science is great, but I was like, I don't think I'm going to be diabetic. I think I'm going to overcome this.
0: Did you ever become diabetic? How did the program go?
1: It went really well. I was, I never, I never had the diagnosis officially.
0: So then you went throughout life mm-hmm. and then you found yourself because we haven't mentioned it yet, but you did recently have a gastric sleeve surgery. I did is so you know you have uh 25 you know you currently have 25 percent of your stomach that you had before right this is true yeah
1: this is true i uh through journey light here in cincinnati and i'm shouting them out because they did a great job it was a dr Mm -hmm. trace curry um i just kind of got to a point where i was Struggling with the weight gain, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss, yeah. yo-yoing, mm-hmm. doing every sort of quick fix, ridiculous fad mm-hmm. diet, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they really like put my mind at ease from the very beginning. They're like, "This is this is pretty permanent." So. Mm-hmm. Um, Although sometimes weight loss surgery has that negative connotation or that negative assumption behavior behind it that it's like you're doing it for the reasons that it's like cosmetic surgery or even – who cares? If it's cosmetic, who cares? Yeah. But like at the end of the day, like for me, I went into it with lots of reasons for why I was doing it and no one really wanted to ask.
2: Well, why did you?
1: I have just – feel like one setback after another a lot of adversity in my early childhood to adolescence that you know eventually became why I'm doing the podcast on mental health awareness month you know it got to a point where my weight was also affecting my mind yeah I mean if there's newer science out there that will suggest that your weight plays a huge role in your mental health. I mean, uh,
0: I can, yes, I would say definitely. How was it affecting you?
1: I mean, I couldn't get out of this cycle of like depression. I mean, I, I would climb, I would climb and crawl my way out of a depression, a seasonal, you know, winter Mm -hmm. depression. I know a lot of people are affected by that, especially in Cincinnati or just the Midwest in general. I was just barely hanging on. I mean, for years, just like... Do you think that you were like eating feelings, like emotional? Yeah, dust? or just comfort was comfort was comfort. I mean, when we met, my mm-hmm. comfort was alcohol and cigarettes and bar food, you yeah, know? No did. I mean, that <laughs> life, yeah. That life is cyclical too, though, because I know for me personally, not just, you know, I can't speak for other people, but alcohol being a depressant that mm-hmm. we know was never, any, never serving me the next day with you know the whatever day of the week scaries because you know yeah. some people say sunday scaries but i used to go out every day, every day of the week every day <laughs> so I, never, I never saw I was always was scared
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> um, a good way to put it like me too.
1: Yeah, me too yeah yeah so i just got to this point where i was sort of done with that cyclical feeling of I will lose this weight and then I'll go into the maintenance phase. A lot of these diets, they have maintenance phases. What does that mean? Like keeping the weight off.
0: Gotcha. So did you kind of see it as like a quick fix? Like I know that I go th- and currently still do go through of like, okay, well, all right, I'll just be really strict in my diet. If I lose this last freaking 10 pounds, I'll finally be happy. I'll finally, if I finally get in that bathing suit, if I finally get into a pair of pants on my birthday, like, I'll be happy. I will – it'll be – my smile will be huge. Mm. You know? I, um,
1: I, I've had those thoughts before.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they are serving me or anyone, but, but were they something – were they close to that? Something? Like, is
1: it something like that? It's more so that goals are goals. I mean, yeah. if that – I'm never going to be the type of person – that ever uses my own experience to then share with other people how they should do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we're all walking this like kind of journey of insecurities because we've bought into a system that's told us we should be insecure. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to unpack there, but to answer your question more directly is just that for me personally, I was just so done. I was so done with the, do this and that'll be when I'm happy. Yeah. And so this weight loss surgery, although it's kind of put out into the world with that label, there's so many reasons why people do it. Um, My particular reason was that I, in the, during the pandemic when I was, you know, unemployed and had time to rest, I also had time to make some doctor's appointments that I had been kind of neglecting and, Mm -hmm putting off because of full-time jobs or, you know, side gigs, whatever. Put yourself <laughs> first. A little bit of self-love there. A little bit of self-love. Isn't that crazy that self-love yeah. means taking your butt to the doctor? Sometimes it does. And yeah. I think I got to that point where I'd seen so many over the course of my life that I just became jaded to the idea of seeing them regularly. Mm-hmm um, or scheduled annually or biannually based on recommendations. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, this is a big personal share, but I'm happy to do it is that I found out during the pandemic that I had a pretty severe case of polycystic ovarian syndrome, which a lot of the side effects of that condition is an inability to lose weight and keep it off or inability to, because of your hormones, just really struggle with weight or struggle with conceiving children, struggle with, you know, just... Wow,
0: I had no idea. Hormonal imbalances. So, so that balances. totally, yeah, hormonal imbalances, and mm-hmm. like, is your thyroid involved in that at all?
1: See, I've had my thyroid analyzed more times than I yeah. can ever <laughs> describe for weight gain, weight loss, but... That was never – I don't have hypo or hyperthyroidism, so yeah. it's not that. Just but the way you were born, babe. you beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that because I've been leaning into the compliment a lot more since yeah. this all went down. Was just like – I know there's kind of a movement right now. Where it's like because of 2020 and 2021, like don't compliment somebody on how they look because they might not feel like their pandemic experience was – you know, what they wanted it to be, but you know what you you, you, you can't every
0: human being, you can't, I can't even go there. That's a conversation for another time. But I'm glad that you're experiencing compliments and receiving them well.
1: That's, that was the only thing I brought up was just like, I've never been able to receive a compliment. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I've been in my own head about beauty for so long that because of my experience that. Now that when people are like, wow, you look fantastic. I'm like, wow, thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Do you feel fantastic? I do. And I think that's all that matters, right? Is that you feel better or you feel happier because of choices you've made?
0: Well, I can say um, like infertility in women is a Mm -hmm. huge, huge scary, is huge huge scare um, for very many different reasons. Mm -hmm. I know I started getting my eggs checked. I guess it mm. was right when I met you I was having so many issues okay. um, just with internally in my body like I was at the doctor I was on meds every day for like two years and oh, wow. I was like I'm gonna become infertile after all this like it's if it, that definitely was a huge impetus for me to change my lifestyle as well when mm. someone tells you that like other things in your life are gonna be affected because of some weight you're right. like
1: whoa so good for you thank you I mean I think you know when I thought about what I was gonna say when I came on here, it really truly came down to a couple things and something that I've struggled with with just my own mental health struggles is that when I am authentic to who I am, will people enjoy that person? yeah will people will people be drawn in by that or will they be like hmm, I don't know about that person. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I feel you on that. I, th- yeah. I think that's kind
0: of some, something that we all are scared of. I know mm. um, in my personal experience, I've thought, am I still going to be good at my job? My job is kind of my whole life. Like if I change these things of who I am and what I'm doing, am I still going to be able to be me? Am I still going to be able to be funny? Will I still do well? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a huge mind.
1: I know. Cause so na- you're so a creative. I think we're both creatives, yeah. and when our creative juices are proverbal, mm-hmm. <laughs> proverbially, <laughs> can't say that word, man. Proverbially. I proverbially. can't get <laughs> my
0: retainers in. But you no, know what? I've yeah. heard this talked about before a lot too with. Um, I don't know I don't know if you want to call like your journey to where you are now some sort of addiction, but I've like struggled with so many different addictions between like sure. alcohol and food and filling and, the void yes and smoking a lot of smoking and I've, I've I've heard it with a bunch of other a bunch of other creatives like I was worried that if I quit smoking it was such a huge part of my life and who I was how and I that met I people. wasn't able to be me and express myself right. the way that I have and um, how do you feel about that
1: now Oh goodness I mean the first time we ever talked, I think we talked about wow, we need to quit doing this. But it's my favorite thing to do because I yes. meet awesome people while yes. I do it. Smoking, yes, yeah. smoking the, cigarettes. The community. Um, <laughs> the community, the community of, of the smokers, the, yes. the patio, in the you know in the middle of winter, um, Yo, especially.
0: There's a fire. There was a fire at the time. This when I would just call myself a dumpster smoker. I was like, I
1: only smoke next to the dumpster,
0: <laughs> and whoever exactly. walks by, I will talk to. Be
1: like. It was the dumpster that was on fire, not yeah. my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for for sure, I think. Not gonna lie, quitting smoking hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, it sucks. And I've done some really hard things in my life. It is an addiction. I mean, I never wanted to admit that I was addicted to cigarettes. And I never wanted to point fingers at to whom started me because it was my choice. I mean, I, I sat down one day and I was like, I'm hungover. And someone told me that having a cigarette would help with that. And Oh then, my gosh, who told you that? I have no idea. They were lying. Lied. They, bold-faced <laughs> they lied. They bold faced They didn't lie face. too bad because I did <laughs> feel better. <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things that I came into college and I was looking for something more than what I had in high school, which was all swimming. No, like not, I didn't have zero fun, but I definitely gave my life to something that then ended because of back surgeries. So I had this like identity crisis in high school that was like, I, am I, for the last 15, 17 years of my life, because I started swimming so young, I was Sydney, the swimmer and now I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. And so my first like, really bad depression happened my junior year of high school at Ursuline and whatever I moved on got through it but like it developed more issues because I just didn't move past that identity crisis so fast forward to when we met and I'm smoking cigarettes I had the same identity crisis a couple times in undergrad yeah to the point where I actually medically dropped out of my senior year of college
0: and what were you studying public relations and what what was the thing that was take what with your identity crisis mm-hmm. and these bouts of depression like we can you tell us a little bit about what was really um causing it what you were thinking mm-hmm. you know
1: i was thinking to myself who am i i mean i was having like if we're boiling it way down it was an existential crisis mm-hmm. of like who. <laughs> Where in the world does Sydney fit in if she's not Sydney the swimmer? Well, so a lot of people go
0: through this mm-hmm. um, at certain points in life, especially when we're younger. And so, how did you deal
1: with it and cope? Dancing on tables, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I you and I have done dance fix together. You know, I yeah. love to dance. I. But do you think? <sighs> I, do you think some of these
0: behaviors? oh we're like like some negative behaviors yes what i think is like important to talk about Mm -hmm. is that some people have these issues when they're younger and then they form coping mechanisms (laughs) they don't grow out of right or they have to have these moments later on in life like you like a hard stop and like me a hard stop of Mm. like personal
1: boundaries i mean like
0: i started this when i was young but like i never stopped doing this and now it's affecting my life as an
1: adult and now my family were big, like storytellers where we just love to sit around and tell stories over and over and over again to the same people who have heard these mm-hmm. stories over and over and over again. Yeah. But like at the same time, these hardships, these moments of adversity have always come from such a genuine place of like, I've never stopped being who I am. Yeah. I've just gone through some really hard things that then these bad behaviors came out of that. But that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means we're making mistakes in a way that's filling a void that we don't know what to put in that void right now.
0: Did you think you were a bad person?
1: I think at times I was like, if I may curse, I was like such an asshole in college that I was like, I'm still kind of repairing these relationships with people that I never wanted to admit it was because of me that these relationships were falling apart. Did you ever think within it that, like within you, that like you were bad or that
0: it made you feel so low within you that like you thought that you were. See. A bad or less than human. No. Going through this stuff. Oh, that's amazing. That's remarkable. Well, it's also good to know that you, like, so you've didn't go, you you weren't there, but you still had all these coping behaviors happening at the same time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be straightforward with you in high school and in college. These thoughts that were not my own in my head were bad. They were, they were louder than the good thoughts. Yeah. Um, And then you're in a situation of like these unworthiness, loud thoughts in your head are drowning out every other good thought in your mind Mm -hmm. that, even that small spark of light is about to go out. And I really just had to be like, what's the one thing that always makes that light get brighter is talking about my experiences with somebody I trust. Yeah. And I think that really ties back into trust being the fundamental reason why we have friendships, relationships, romantic partners. We have sisters, brothers, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: family dynamics that are never perfect no family no person is perfect facades of perfection are just facades yeah and I think ain't that the truth right so it became this like constant struggle of like who do I trust with my story enough to tell them exactly what's going on my mind in my mind at the same time hoping like just sending out thoughts of hope yeah. that this person will get it. And there is a couple people in my life who know my entire life story and have never judged me for a single second.
0: Hell yeah. You're lucky to have people like that in your life. I'm Those are some cool, down ass people. AF. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's awesome. Um, they have their own podcast. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See? Podcasts are changing the world. I believe it. Oh,
0: man. Sid, so that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I mean,. Yeah. So throughout your time now, mm-hmm. off the record, um, where are you in this? Have you gone through?
1: I would say I'm at one. Okay. Two is like probably where I'm going
0: next. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well bravery. All right. Cool. Let me let me lead you there. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. This is so so great. Because I almost uh,
1: dropped that person's name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the courage to speak up that somebody. Did somebody say something to you, or did somebody voice their um, concern for your health and well-being? Yes. Wow, what that's a good friend.
1: It's a great friend. Friend of almost, wait, this fall it'll be 10 years. Whoa. Yeah. And so is that kind of what made you, what, what motivated
0: you to get the surgery? Or no. Or just in general? Like, what are you talking about here?
1: I'm talking about just bravery and courage in general. Like, I think just having that taking that first step if okay so if I can be truly authentic and real right now in high school and in college I was suicidal I mean it was it was bad and feel free to cut that part out if that's not (laughs) um but it was such a deep I think the imagery that I always kind of paint in my head is that I was deep inside this dark well And all these bad thoughts were bouncing off the water and they were getting louder because sound intensifies on water. But when you're in a deep well, it's just getting really loud. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And these negative thoughts I was just telling you about, they became so loud that I had a choice to trust or I had a choice to trust myself, which at that point I did not trust myself with my own thoughts. So the bravery, the courage to show up for yourself first was really just like okay I have this little spark of light I'm gonna I'm gonna throw all my gasoline on it and I'm just gonna (laughs) an explosion of light out of this well yeah and I had a couple phone calls my senior year of college just I hadn't left my room probably in two weeks just like watching the vampire diaries crying oh gosh (laughs) And just being like, who do I call? Who do I tell? Who do I share my story with? Because at this point, it's bad. And it's it's happening again in the same way that it happened in high school. This just deep, dark depression. So I called my mom. Mm-hmm. And I said, Mom, I'm coming home today. And she was like, don't you have class? Don't you have, I know your schedule. I know you're supposed to be doing something. Finals are coming up. Like, what's wrong? What's going on? And I said, I'm, I'm coming home just like period I'm not doing this anymore and she was like oh shit like what's (laughs) happening and I was like please just give me like 45 minutes to an hour because we lived that close to where I went to undergrad at Mm -hmm. Dayton and I said give me an opportunity to just like break down and cry in front of you and just show you that I need help and this was in December of 2014 and I lost my entire first semester of senior year just because I was – I mean, I wouldn't have gotten any credits from that first semester of senior year. Yeah. I was doing that poorly mentally um, and educationally. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, people were like, we haven't seen you in weeks. Like, what's going on? Like, people were starting to n- notice my absence, which at the time didn't feel great. But at the time was also a hope-filled moment because if people noticed I wasn't going to class or going to my normal spots – that they would see me be social and they knew something was wrong. And I really just had great roommates and great friends and great people in my life who like really just were having conversations with me even though I wasn't there. Like it wasn't me and I wasn't doing things how Sydney would normally do things. Yeah. And you were yourself. Exactly. And my mom and my dad, they understood. Like, they got it because they had been through this with me before. So they're like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. X, Y, Z. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll just move and shake what we need to move and shake. Do you feel like you now, li- like, live with
0: this? Like, it can, it's going to happen sometimes? Like, it's going to happen
1: again? It's... I would say it's managing the expectations versus the reality of the world. So Whoa, that's a big girl, statement. Get deep there. I yeah. will. So like the world is a shitty place regardless. I mean, there's just chaos always. Right. I mean, we know that because doesn't mean it's shitty though. No, I mean, yeah. just it can be, yes, it can be chaotic. It can yes. be not. Well, perspective
0: is what I'm saying. Perspective, perspective. is everything.
1: Yes, yeah. exactly. So, The perspective of managing your expectations versus what's going on in your life is that if you come in with high expectations and then the reality is lower than that expectation, you're going to have conflict either with the person you were expecting to have resolution with or you'll have internalized like, oh, man, disappointment. Yeah, for sure. And so... You know, between my faith, between my friends, between you know, bravery and courage to just kind of be yourself and be authentic to who you are.
0: Sid, which by the way, like this is huge that you huge. asked for help like that yeah. in such a brave, in such a brave way. Thank you. It's very, I mean, that's really, really, really huge. You didn't, you didn't have to do that, and yeah. you have great people around you, but uh, uh,
1: but it all starts within you. Yeah, I think, I think if I can backtrack just a little bit humor has always been my number one thing that like gets the tension off my shoulders out of my neck mm-hmm. roll the shoulders just laughter is like my best medicine
0: i think that's what could, that's really what bonded us the cigarettes <laughs> and the cigarettes smoking
1: and laughter every five cigarettes i'd want a menthol
0: <laughs>
2: C- 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 I'm through. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly um i was happy to be that person <laughs> except for my wallet it was a little thin that night so i was like this is my last one here have um, um, I would say to the
0: owner, so I'm <laughs> like everything's free,
1: it's on me, it's fine. Uh, Helen knows the owner over here. I'm just kidding, it's Natalie. Um, <laughs> so it's just like, you know, I'm quoting bridesmaids again. Um, we started the night with a bridesmaids quote, but I think number like the third thing that I wanted to bring up is like being whole and authentic to who you are is knowing that you're born into this world a whole person. Yeah. You're You're never going to be a mistake. You're going to be somebody who was intentionally brought here for a reason. And I think like in the industry that I, you know, I'm still in public relations and advertising and marketing and these things that sometimes it's our job to, you know, not sell an idea or a product, but make sure people know that like. These things are just things. And then personally, I believe that things can either benefit you or make you feel like you need it more than you actually Mm -hmm. do. So leaning into the good in this scenario or the perspective of goodness is that it all comes from within whether or not you think you need it. So this weight loss surgery, I don't think I needed it per se, but I wanted to do it to have a, a better chance of having weight loss, having meeting health journey, goals. meeting yeah. my goals, meeting the expectations versus the reality of like, yeah. you know, what life could be if I were disciplined in this one area of my life that I haven't been for a while.
2: Yeah.
1: And I brought up this idea of personal boundaries a little bit earlier while you were talking and I apologize I might have interrupted you but personal boundaries are not bad. Oh my gosh. They're not all. so they are good. Game,
0: they are a game changer. If game you changers. are not a, um, a boundary
1: person. Yeah. So tell me about that a little bit. Just my friend, Matt and my friend Haley, they are the current people right now mm-hmm. that are exuding this, like just energy of personal boundaries. And I, I'm so proud of both of them because I've not ever been good at this. I'm a yes person. I will. I'm a hundred percent in for everything, but then I'm like 50% committal. Yeah. So um, it's like, same. Oh no, I've <laughs> overcommitted myself. Oh, okay. yeah, story so my I just look up to these two people right now because they are, they advocate for themselves in a way that just sends my happiness quota over the moon because Sometimes you have to say no in order to protect your own mental health or to protect your own physical health or just health in general. Mm -hmm. Saying no is a powerful thing. And once you learn how to say it a couple of times and you get used to it and get comfortable with it, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm free. I have no plans tonight. I'm so happy. I get to watch Netflix and chill with myself. Like,
0: (laughs) Do you feel... um, more of a freedom now than you ever have before i can see it in you like i know that this is not surrounded around your surgery you know definitely this is not why you came on here to talk but do you think that that the surgery has helped you along this journey to freedom and with um setting now being able to set better boundaries and yes because
1: if i don't if i don't if i'm not firm in these things that i've Mm -hmm. Set up for myself to be successful in my own goals in this journey. There is the ability to bounce back. I mean, it's not 100% effective if I'm not following it the way I should. I can still like, I guess because the stomach is more muscle-like than we know about it. I don't know. Maybe there's people out there that know a lot more about stomachs than me. But (laughs) my personal stomach, like it can grow not all the way back, but it can expand. And so I'm not worried about that because if it happens, it happens by all means. It could happen, but because I've put up these boundaries of just goodness, authenticity, like being myself, being true to this journey of like health, it's, it's led to freedom spiritually. It's led to freedom mentally. It's led to freedom physically in a, in a way that I don't necessarily want to have my eyes on the rearview mirror. Yeah. Like, I just want to be, like, full steam ahead. So
0: this is amazing. I'm, like, getting <laughs> so inspired right now listening to you. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> if anyone struggles with personal boundaries, you need to um, – I hope that Sid is inspiring you as much as she is me here right now yeah. looking at you. Thank you. I can say you are – a completely different person than the last girl that I saw or the last girl that I saw on your Instagram story taking selfies of part of your face from, I don't know, six months ago. Or oh, whatnot, you know? right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, that's. Selfies in a pandemic. Let's get into it. Oh my god! By the way, no, I love your
0: selfies. You're hilarious. <laughs> oh my god! I've always loved all of your stories. You're so funny. <sighs> you were just a different person. I, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible to see. Thank and you know, you. it's because you advocate for yourself. Thank and you. You ask for help. I do, and that's
1: it's. There's no shame in that. No shame. No shame in asking you, for help.
0: You know, I think it's so great that you you can say this so easily. I'm a lot older than you, and it it took me. I mean, m- like so much of my life only recently was I able to really lift some of the shame of mm. a lot of daily behaviors I was doing every day. And then as soon as you do just by one little one day can really change your life. One, one day, day, one day can really change your life and having a conversation with someone yeah. in order to move it into a different, more brighter more brighter future for yourself
1: exactly and i think that's why like i'm moving more towards is just like i know we sort of talked about compliments earlier i love nailing the compliment that's my favorite thing to do and it's like i usually probably pick the worst one to to do i'm like your smile is gorgeous and then (laughs) people like they like close their mouths They're like no i need to get my dentist that's their own (sighs) issue though right right but like i love doing that part of like the exchange meeting new people mm-hmm. or just seeing people that I already know is just such a way to get a conversation started. Mm-hmm. It's not like, even if it like gets a little awkward and weird, it's always starting off on a positive note. Yeah. Cause body positivity has always been a big part of my journey mm-hmm. is that like love the body that I'm currently in, no matter what it looks like.
0: Yeah. And like, and self love mm- doesn't mean Hold on. Can I speak on that a little bit? Yes. It doesn't always mean like I love, like people say, like I love the size of it. It, It's not about that. Mm. It's about loving your body enough to honor it and to not, and and maybe to not smoke because you love your body and to maybe to not binge because you love your body and you know that your body doesn't do well that way or to not like for me it's to not over exercise because i love my body and that's it, it, not good for me mm. and making decisions like that sleeping more saying no mm. to come to stay home and
1: relax because you know it's what your body needs listen to your body yeah. it'll tell you what it means honor it, needs. Honor, honor. it. Honor. honor it yeah i would say i have so much more on that topic but you you nailed it i mean honor yourself honor your ability to put up those personal boundaries and say no yeah that's I mean saying no it I don't know when society felt like that was something you couldn't do
0: I know you know I don't know I think maybe like as women it's always been this way and we're growing Mm -hmm. into it now maybe maybe and I don't know I'm not an expert but I do think there's also a lot of esteem mm. that comes with gluttony of work yes that comes with I'm so busy I'm always working and and I have so many things to do all the time you know yeah. I've definitely been wrapped up in that but I think that's like something that's just like kind of there yeah and has always been there
1: well and if I may spin it off into that creative conversation we were having earlier I'm a writer I mean mm-hmm. that's my creative side I love to write but that also came from the fact that I had ears, ear, nose, and throat surgery when I was three because I had 30% hearing loss in both my ears. Oh, my gosh. Sad. So, you know, as a young person, I had to, like, maybe read lips or get really good at reading comprehension, you know, standardized testing, whatever. That's yeah, all yeah, changing yeah. a little bit now, but which I'm happy about personally, personal opinion alert. Um, but at the same time, it's just like youth or children or kids just have an opportunity to be so authentic to who they are because that's all they know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and when I was a kid, I was the funny class clown do anything like for the sake of the punchline. Like I think of Chris Farley as one of my biggest comedic influences. Same. <laughs> and I literally like, Oh, I just said literally like my mom. That's funny. Um, but I would watch Saturday night live with my parents and they probably didn't know I was watching through the banister, but I was watching <laughs> and they would be like Matt Foley interve- intervention, oh intervention speaker. <laughs> I mean, inspirational speaker. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, am I having an intervention in my own mind? Cause I just said that. Um, but no, it's it just think of like Lottie freaking doll living in a van down by the river, like that kind of stuff or da bears, like just Chris Farley, is one of those remember the Chris
0: Farley show when he would call when he would when he interviewed Paul McCartney oh
1: my gosh (laughs) so much lols do you remember when you were in the Beatles Like, do you remember when you're still in the Beatles (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no I just like that was like the biggest takeaway from that skit is like you know whatever but I just I also like had teammates like on my swim team who were big into comedy too, I think of my friend Ethan who had best of Will Ferrell, like on a DVD that we Same. would watch in between practices I'd <laughs> be like Sherry O'Terry and Will Ferrell being the Spartan, Spartan cheerleaders, cheerleaders yeah. for Bobby Fisher or not Bobby <laughs> Fisher, but they were at that chess tournament, you know, just like influences being influences on my life. Comedy is like, I love standup. I love that stand up comedians now have podcasts. Like, yeah. I just love listening to it constantly. And one of my best and favorite comedians just got out of rehab. And it's John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. And And, uh, proud of him because, like, I think he also has, like, a very hard struggle with mental health. And maybe that's an assumption. I don't
0: know. He's getting divorced. And he used to drink a lot, too. His early comedy was him talking about um, alcoholism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. You know, I used to do stand-up, too.
1: Natalie, you did not. I've done it before too, but I got stage fright really bad, and I've never gone back. Yeah, no, I
0: did. I like you know when I moved home. I was in l a like doing second city and doing um oh Loki Loki, no worry. I never did I mean, I didn't like make it a thing. You know, I was just doing it. No, but and Second I wasn't. City
1: is huge. I mean, that's out of Chicago, right? No, I went to the L.A. one though. Oh, no one goes said that.
0: to. Yeah, but everyone went to UCB at the time. I think UCB closed over the pandemic. Isn't that crazy? Oh no, I, I hate hearing those stories. Ass cat is gone. What? Okay. I think. Don't call me on that. Shit. Hmm. But anyway, but like it used to be a big part <laughs> of my life, and now um I get to do a lot of. Podcasting and like radio You know just write
1: Write all day Yes For
0: work So it's wonderful
1: Well and that's So I feel you on that Yeah back to being like The creative Sometimes creatives Have this very dark Side to them Yes There's a lot of Comedians especially So you have someone like Chris Farley Unfortunately Mm -hmm. You know Passing away Before his time Because I I think his dad I mean I watched the documentary I'm gonna get this wrong But maybe his dad Was like his Number one fan Best friend And had passed away or was sick or something Mm -hmm. I don't remember the full story but I watched Adam Sandler's like last stand-up special that came on Netflix that was his like performances across like 56 cities Mm -hmm. and it was all like every performance was like in a a different city but like one of the last second to last performances I think was a song dedicated to Chris Farley and I just remember watching that and it was like decently long and you know it's about him like until there's a point in the song you're like maybe it's not about Chris Farley because they're not showing anything on the screen that's like anything to do with him and then Mm. all of a sudden it's like his name's in the lyrics and his his (laughs) images are everywhere and I just I cried I sobbed because I know that feeling of like my medium might be more behind the scenes and writing but I love like right now Hannah Gadsby I don't know if you know her. Mm. She's from Tasmania, um, but does a lot of her stand-up comedy for Netflix out of the Sydney Opera House Mm. in Australia. And, like, that's my namesake, right? Yeah. I'm like, I would love to go to Australia to see one of my favorite comedian women, female comedians. Oh, wow. You
0: know what? I hope that you start doing stand-up again as a form of your um, therapy going through this and
1: share your journey. You're hilarious. Well... I'm hilarious when I'm with people I am comfortable mm, with. That's what everybody
0: thinks. <laughs> so you just gotta try. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true.
1: I gotta like. I'm. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've sat in Crossroads Church writing like a filthy comedy routine. Yeah, dude. I was like, I'm sorry. Whatever. Whatever. I'm ends- sorry. Whoever's up there. Like, I'm just gonna write this on a piece of paper yeah, and please forgive me. Oh <laughs> uh, well,
0: it's crazy you write about oh, yeah. it is you're getting it out and uh, you gotta share it with the world. You
1: you have to. I might make you
0: do it Somebody made me To stand Uh, up And it was like The best gift Anyone's ever given me You
1: would be the Greatest accountability Partner to them Be there for me When I'm doing it Because Everyone in my life Is like You need to be doing this And then I'm like I'm supporting my friends Who are actually doing it And I'm like Y'all the thing is are you think it's a big deal funnier than me. No,
0: no, 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 no. You think it's a big deal until you do it, yeah. and then you do it, and you're like, "Oh, okay." And then, like, I just stand up enough to realize that, like, that's not gonna be my main thing. So and like,
1: observational comedy is like where I could stop. start. I'm
0: just gonna stop. I'm gonna stop <laughs> you right there, as a friend. You don't know until you try. Don't put yourself in any category or label yourself anything until you try, and then see what mm. happens with it. That's
1: so. That's so good to hear. Thank you, because I do get really like, I get in that spot where my creativity just like blocks up because I get anxious. I get, I get really like, Oh, what are people going to think about that? If they're not laughing, then like, that's the currency of comedy. And then it's like, but like the currency of comedy was really like, if you think it's funny, yeah. If I think it's funny and I'm confident in my joke, then someone out there is going to laugh. Even if it's not in the room maybe they're laughing on the podcast recording. You just, you never know until you try. Right. So, and I've tried it before. I've done open mic nights mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, I won't know anybody. Wrong. <laughs> Somebody in the crowd was like, hey, I know you. Yeah, that's part of it, though. It's like, oh, shoot. Just made you stronger and better. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I just, like, if I don't come from a grateful heart for everyone who's helped me get to that point, you included, Natalie. mm I'm so thankful that I have had people in my life who've maybe seen me at my worst, but knew I could get better. Yeah. That's, that's the hope in a mental health struggle or in a mental health journey is that there's someone out there thinking about you. Even if they're not communicating with you, they're out there being like, I wonder what Sydney's up to today.
0: Did you have to leave people by the wayside who who didn't show up for you? I know a big part of my journey was,
1: Mm. um, um, was leaving people behind. I just gulped like really hard cause I don't like leaving people behind cause I feel like I've been left behind before. So, so to answer your question is that I think it's, it goes back to managing the expectations is that my mom would always say like, Sydney, it's not that they don't care. It's that you're just not there anymore. And I did finish my degree. I took a, you know, a hiatus from school and went back to Xavier eventually, but, mm-hmm. and finished my degree there. But that out of sight, out of mind, old adage um, that some people say. Well,
0: I, I mean, like, if, if if people have shown you mm-hmm. that they didn't show up for you, I'm saying that, like, did you have, like, maybe, like, toxic people in your life Yeah. over the past couple of years that you've had to... Don't we all... yeah definitely 2020 was amazing I cut off a whole bunch trim the fat as my good friend Anna says just trim the fat oh it became really easy for me to trim the fat I was it was very hard before with the new boundaries
1: (laughs) (laughs) um and trimming that I see you have a lot of plants in here yes I I think I you know my allegory or like my parallelism with life would be like just trimming branches because there's always opportunities for those people to come back into your life Mm
2: -hmm. you might
1: not get an apology but you might get a second chance
0: hey and that's a wonderful way to look at
1: I love the idea that there's people in my life that might have been hurt by something that I said when I wasn't being myself and I wasn't being authentic to who I am that if I you know, if they come back into my life by happenstance or by second chance stance, <laughs> you know, there's an opportunity to be like, hey, like, it's so good to see you. Yeah.
0: I. And it's also, you know, it's also life that like just happens in life and you grow up and you move on and.
1: And in Cincinnati, you consistently run into people you didn't think you might in the grocery store, or yes. hiding in the freezer oh section. My
0: God, <laughs> can I just tell you, like leaving, I felt always felt like my reputation was like super ruckus and maybe not the best at all. Like I've lived all over the city and like went to school everywhere, whatnot, you, know? you know. But I'm like, no, my <laughs> reputation was like maybe subpar everywhere. Oh. And then I would say, when I got this job on the radio, Same. though. <laughs> Like, I had to really face it and realize, like, you got to grow from it. You got to move on, make amends where you have to make amends. And then you just got to move on and not care. <sighs> like, you just got to move on. But you have to work through it. Yes. You have to work through it. Like, there was, this is a real deal. At, um, for instance, I was at a um, dinner with a bunch of, 15 of my high school girlfriends. And I still owed my good friend Aaron money from our high school like, um, um, what was it called? Carpool. I was like, I think I still owe her like $400 or something. I never paid her. I don't know. My, my parents never gave me any money. I was like, I think I owe her money. And I like 33 years old went to this dinner party one night and like said in front of everyone, like, Aaron, I owe you money. I feel like a piece of crap about it. I want to give you this money. And she like started laughing in my face. She was like, I like have three kids. Like, I do not. What are you talking about? And then, but, but then another friend looked at me and she was like, yo, you had an issue within you. You brought attention to it. You shared it publicly. Mm-hmm. No one cares. The person excused it. You got to excuse it. You got to move on. Yeah. And she said that to my face right there. Talk about a good friend. Oh. And I was like, this is what my need to do with so many
1: things in life. But like this, with this, the same thing. And I have written down, the, you know, this kind of cancel the debt. Mm-hmm. Because that can mean a multitude of things for a multitude of people. But for me personally, it's personal like I owe or because you got my back, I now need to do something in return. Mm-hmm. It's cancel. If anybody is out there listening to this, cancel people's debts to you. Like not if it's financial, that's a different thing. I mean, obviously you have yeah. to advocate for yourself and your own finances, but when it comes to like, Oh, like I'll pick up the, The tea, if you pick up the, you know, the sunglasses, these are terrible examples, Mm -hmm. but like there's this idea that when you feel like you are indebted to somebody based on like something that they might've done for you, that's a good deed. Yeah. That we feel like we then owe them that person another good deed, or paying it forward would be really truly what's the best way to be in gratitude and authenticity is like, oh, someone did a good deed for me, I'll do a good deed for someone else, yeah. and then it's this like kind of chain reaction of good deeds. But what I've learned through like therapy and seeing my doctor and my psychiatrist doctor, <laughs> you know, is that like this idea that generosity is where you can find so much joy and sometimes the opposite of generosity is stinginess. Mm
2: -hmm. Sometimes
1: people can be a little stingy and we that's okay if that's what they need to be for their own personal journey. But generosity really is like giving to others without expecting anything in return. And I've not always been good at that. I've always been someone who's like, I will be generous with my time, my energy, my, until my cup runneth empty. But then this idea came to me through faith and just all other things like therapy that you can't pour into other people what you don't have. Yeah. So if your energy is depleted, your finances are depleted, your generosity has gotten too generous or you now have to be stingy because you have nothing left to give make it a balance I mean make it something that's like I'm gonna be generous all day on Saturdays I'm gonna serve I'm gonna do a service project I'm gonna go help clean the community or I'm gonna do something that benefits more than just me Mm -hmm. and then you see the community thrive three months later because someone was like oh my gosh like you know downtown Cincinnati looks fantastic because somebody did something like somewhere, whether it's the people whose job it is to do that or someone who decided to do it out of the goodness of their heart. And cause they saw a skyline cup and they're like, Oh man, that might've blown off the trash can. Let's put it back in. No assumptions. It's not that someone dropped it there on purpose. It's that it very well could have been a breeze right through mm-hmm. Vine street, you know? So it's just like this idea that, and I've, also heard like Brene Brown, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's, oh, yeah. yeah. She talks about generosity, gratitude, authenticity being like the th- you know, couple things that help with mental health just getting out of the hole. Yes. Or getting out of that, you know, deep well that I kind of described earlier.
0: Yeah, the giving I would say the more you you get what you give and it's yes. so true. And I would say like definitely volunteering and giving is um, at least for me, like what saves me and keeps me sane 100%. Yes, Cause
1: it's like, it's something that takes the ego out of it completely. Yeah. You're definitely focusing outside of your own self and you're focusing on other people. And sometimes that is exactly the balance your brain needs.
0: Oh my God. Totally. God. Like the mm-hmm. levels of depression that are so selfish we don't realize,
1: you know, um, or just, it's like, you, it's survival, you know? Yeah. You have to be so self-centered in a depression. Exactly. Yeah. I don't mean in a bad way. Oh, no, I, like, know like, I know you don't. I know you don't. It's
0: just, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Ah. But, like, music. Music's a big thing I love to write, but I can't write lyrics. <laughs> I can just write reviews about music. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, but, like, that was something we were talking about way earlier was this, like, unifier of the world being like something we all have in common. We all have our favorite song, genre artist, but it's a terrible question to ask somebody because it's like, how do I choose? Yeah. I recently asked somebody that while kayaking. I was like, who's your favorite artist? They're like, Oh my gosh, which genre? And I was like, well, which genre is your favorite? They're like, Oh my gosh, what a question. What a loop. I was <laughs> like, we are, we're never going to get to the answer here. Are we? And I was like, well, relating to people through humor or relating mm. through, through lyrics or relating through music, writing creativity does bring the world together. That's my, that's my claim is that there's something in this universe that's meant to bring us all together. And I really think that music is a huge deal for that because it's regional, you know, you've mm-hmm. got, you know, and I feel like in Cincinnati, we have a big push with Riverbend with like country concerts and stuff like that. And those are fun um, but you know for me growing up it was all about like classic rock and then it was about like Elton John was like the only artist I'd ever listened to as a kid
0: yeah I love Elton John I Elton John's
1: fantastic but then it turned into Freddie Mercury Queen like I just yeah. went through that linear progression of like I can't hear very well as a kid with 30% hearing loss, but I can hear Elton John and Freddie Mercury yeah. slam on the keys or on, you know, whatever instrument they're playing. And it was kind of like, if I can make this a joke is that my mom would be like, so Sid, who sings this song? And she would only ever ask me if Elton John was singing. So it's like, I had a one in two chance of getting queen or Elton John. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So, Karaoke is like, I'm not a great singer, but I love to do it because it's that freedom of expression. Mm -hmm. Art is able to help people express their feelings. And I'm at a point in my life where my feelings are intensifying about what's going on in the world that I need an outlet for these feelings, and that's my writing.
0: Oh, beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Well, regardless, it's like getting it out there, getting outside of yourself, writing it down. Writing, writing, giving, being, putting somebody else before you. Yes. And choosing
1: to do that.
0: Choosing to do that. And
1: sometimes choosing yourself in order to (laughs) re-up the joy cup overfloweth so therefore then I can pour into other people well balance yes I think of like do you know those buckets that fill up with water at like water parks that then tip and then Mm -hmm. they tip into other buckets that tip into you know I Mm -hmm. think of that as like my imagery for choosing yourself first and then when you feel comfortable and whole and worthy with yourself giving that to other people because that's what people are going to be like yeah that's the vibe amazing (laughs) yes so true and I think that that's an
0: Beautiful place, yeah. To say goodbye, ah, I love it. Thank you so much. It's a vibe. <laughs> you can't, like, you got to come back. I say this to everyone. I yeah. hate because I hate ending these conversations, but every it's time I'm good. like, you got to come back. You got to come back. This is Sid Part One. Do you have any um any parting words? Parting you like words.
1: To say? Oh man, that's like asking someone their favorite song or from their favorite <laughs> genre. But I would say, be yourself. I know people say that a lot, but being yeah. authentic to ourselves is all we got. That's all we can control in this world yeah. is who we are and what we say and what we do.
0: You know, I'm looking across the I'm looking across the table um, at a totally different person, a totally different woman who advocated for herself, mm-hmm. and you got yourself where you are now from putting yourself first and asking for help. And then just doing all the work mm. along the way. So congratulations! Thank you,
1: thank, you. thank you so you much. You too, you too. We did this. We did, girl. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Oh, rad. this is great. And I'm sorry. Sid, thank you so much for coming on. Another another conversation, I am just so thrilled that she felt confident enough to reach out to me because she wanted to share her story. And if you are like Sid, please contact me. Let's get together and let's do this. It's Natalie at WKRQ.com. And you can find Sid and ask her any question you like. She's so open to any conversation any of y'all have. You can find her at Instagram is the best way. It's at Sid Eberly. That's S-Y-D-E-B-E-R-L-Y. Love you. We're going to continue doing a lot of mental health stuff uh, right into June, and June is also Pride, so we got a bunch of that stuff coming up as well and everything in between. We're just having fun, you know. We out here doing whatever. Um, whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud. I'm Natalie. I love you, and I will talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. Like, subscribe. Tell your friends. Do all that stuff. Okay, bye.